bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, a cosmic queries version. We're going to talk about the Winter Olympics. Ooh, yeah. And we got Gary O'Reilly. Gary. Hey, Neil. Yeah, do they play soccer in the, in the snow? Do they, do they play, play soccer in the snow? Yeah, we will do. It depends if it's, if it's too bad, no, because the ball doesn't roll. But uh, yeah, we'll play frozen and in the snow. I got you, got you. And Chuck, you avoid cold weather at all costs. Uh, yes, I, I've, it's, a, it's an homage to my ancestors. <laughs> yes, all, of, all for all that came out of the Serengeti. I'm, I'm representing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a very broad topic because we want to talk about uh, the Olympics in general, the Winter Olympics, the events, the fact that it's in Beijing, and you know, anytime we have a broad subject like this, there's only one go-to person. And that's, that's our, our geek-in-chief, the one and only, my friend and colleague, Charles Lube. Charles, uh, welcome back to Star Talk for the hundred and zillionth time. Thank you, Neil. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Hello, Gary. Hello, Chuck. Or should I hey, say Charles. Lord Nice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you were on that episode. Does, yes. Yeah. Does everybody know that it was Charles Major was- General Deanna Burt that— uh, anointed Chuck Nice with this uh, title. With, with, uh, the, with the lordships, yes. he certainly did. <laughs> yeah. And it comes in, it comes in, and I always forget, and people remind me. Uh, so, so, Charles, you, you are a professor of uh, astronomy and physics at the City University of New York at Staten Island. Correct. And you've recently been, uh, become chair of the department, is that correct? Yes, yes. And uh, it's been fun. I, I have some great colleagues, some wonderful students. And uh, if anybody watches uh, The Chair, the TV show that's become popular lately, that's like 5% of maybe my regular life. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I have <laughs> yeah, a good time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I smell a reality show in the making here <laughs> where Charles really shows. Right. What, what this is about. Mm. Yeah, we'll call and, it the lounge the, chair. <laughs> Why not? The, oh, ah, good <laughs> one, Chuck. Good one. The settee. Chuck, Chuck. And, and, and Charles, I, I, you know, he, with hearing from the grapevine, you've got a podcast in the making. Oh, so yes. So we all look forward to seeing that post. Thank you, thank and you. And you told me offline that it's called the 
It's called the Lewniverse. Yes. <laughs> I, I, the I Lewniverse. see what you did yes. there. Uh, well, the you know, Charles Lew. It, I, I didn't come up with it. Uh, you know, family members <laughs> around the dining room table, they were like, why don't you call it the Lewniverse? I said, really? They said, yeah, sure, why not? So it should be fun. We're really Very looking good. forward to it. It should be a lot of fun with talking with um, fun folks. We'll have a good time. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Right now, we've, it's a Cosmic Queries grab bag on the 2022 Olympics taking place in Beijing. So, so the questions are open for anybody and anything. And Gary, Chuck, who between you has the questions for us? Chuck and I can share them between yeah. ourselves. Um, let us kick it off. Um, welcome to Charles, obviously. Great to have you back. Right. Michaela Nagus. These are all questions from our I'm Patreon. Sorry, what's your call? M- <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I got nervous <laughs> All right. for a second. <laughs> All right. Just working on my pronunciation here. I couldn't trip up on that one too quickly, you're could I? Familiar. Yeah, we have to meet Why right, does you're all familiar meet with you the, outside for that one? <laughs> you're all familiar with the Grand Nagus, right? From Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That's I I am, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yes. Right. I am not. You I'm go. Sorry. I know Charles Charles can't resist uh, Chuck rather can't resist just tweaking my funny bone every now and again. So why does the temperature of Olympic ice need to be different for figure skating, speed skating, and hockey? Could an ingredient be added to the ice to make it more ideal for the athletes, for example, making it smoother, harder, softer, etc.? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Chuck, did, uh, Charles, did you mm. know that? Ice changes all the time. Oh, of course you know it. Okay. Ice is... Sorry. <laughs> uh, ice <laughs> for first, sports... Wait, let's wait, first, basic... Wait, wait, basic fact. It, are all three of those ices pure water, or have they added anything to it? Uh, usually, things have been added. Uh, they are often pure water, uh, but if they are pure water, even then there's changes because they change the temperature. They freeze it at different temperatures, hot or cold. Just because something's freezing doesn't mean that it stays at that same sort of texture and temperature the whole time. Uh, this is actually used on purpose in a lot of different places. Uh, there's a famous example in ice hockey, in college hockey. Depending on where you go to play your hockey, the ice is either really fast or really slow. Or really slow. Uh, depends yeah. on their team. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Wait, is this like the deflate gate with, yes. with Tom Brady? Yes. Where yeah. you can change Yes. The- well, no, it na- happens naturally, Neil. So, for instance, the Canadians have... Charles, back me up on this if, if, I'm, if I'm right or wrong. Um, the Canadians have just historically hard ice. But if you go and play hockey in LA and someone's left these or the, the arena doors open for a while and that hot air comes in, it affects it, it the totally quality does. of and the And the refrigeration underneath the ice, of course, can be strongly uh, adjusted to any situation if you have an indoor mm-hmm. rink, right? So what happens with indoor activity is, uh, wait, for wait, example... Wait, wait, Charles, I just got to establish yeah. here. Sure. Wait, I just have to establish here because I think some people might not know this. Okay. I think you were hinting at it, but let me just... <laughs> Let me just drive it home. Water freezes at zero degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we call that ice, but you can have ice at any temperature below that. Correct. And the properties are different depending on what temperature the ice is. So ice is not ice. Correct. It's, it depends on how cold the ice is. Yes. Okay, is that, that, that is exactly that true. Okay. And, 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 and at what, what temperature does it get down to... Gangster rap, like iced tea and ice cube. Well, <laughs> nice that you should mention that. On Titan, right, the moon of Saturn, right. the temperature of the ice is hundreds of degrees below zero Fahrenheit. And so the water ice is as hard there 
as granite is here on this earth. So they build mountains with it. You can see all kinds of geological features that's built with water ice that you could not do here because the moment you try to do that, Wait, what do you mean they collapse. built the ice? You're talking about <laughs> wow. aliens I was going to let that one go. Oh, they built the ice. That's an excellent point. Who is they? <laughs> mm. They built the, they, they built, built mountains on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> But the answer, bottom yeah, line, Gary. Yeah, you're not allowed to, to divulge science. anything more That's, than that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, Gary. Uh, the temperature varies, and each rink uh, does its own thing, and each sport has its own regulations as to what you are allowed to do in terms of temperature, in terms of additives, in terms of those sorts of things. Mm. Right. Yeah, the hockey players don't like soft ice. Some hockey players love soft ice. Sweetly, yeah. Think of the very large, bulky folks who, like the Wayne Gretzky's of the world, would zip right by, right? The slow guys. The slow guys like the softer ice. And and, uh, there are Mm. famous or infamous examples of really good hockey teams with fast skaters going into a visiting rink where the players are slow, and suddenly it's like they're on molasses. And you see, like, water That's Tom Brady letting the air out of the ball. Yeah, that's Tom Brady. Kind of like that. Out of the ball. Very yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. So is there is it possible to get ice so hard that like a speed skater's blade wouldn't even uh, allow it to turn? Like you would literally skid across the ice instead of skate across it. Uh, on Earth's surface, probably not. But okay. elsewhere in the universe, for sure and absolutely. Oh, cool, cool. Ooh, interstellar stating. Okay, so it's all about what kind of speed they want. So figure skating versus hockey versus speed skating, then it's it's pretty clear. You just you can put that on a chart. You you kind of can, yeah, uh, yeah. And and remember mm-hmm, what the mm-hmm. skates look like, right? A hockey state is straight. The yeah. blade is straight. The figure skate's got a little uh, divity thing right at the tip, so you can dig into the ice and jump up and do your spins and things like that. And if your ice is too hard, then it can't it dig make a effectively, difference. right? But if it's too soft, then you also can't dig very much because you've got this sort of layer of, of soft stuff. So, yeah, people have to adjust very, very carefully. So, Ooh. Charles, one other thing. Why are speed skates longer in their blade than hockey skates? Well, um, I presume that has something to do with the ability for you to push off and get higher velocities going in a straight direction, Right. I mean, Gary, you're probably more an expert about mm. in terms of the relationship between how long you can push, say, off the ground or something, and thus the lo- how much stride you can get yeah. or how much speed you can pick up, the kind of acceleration or explosiveness you can have. The, my, is there a relationship to the amount of time the skate stays on the ice and you're able to impart energy through that, so therefore a, a longer skate allows you that fraction more contact with the ice and therefore pushing energy in to push to get push yeah out. i bet you that's true and if you want to stop too a longer blade gives you more when you're at, at a 45 or 90 degree angle you're able to break faster right because you have more of a surface with which to push friction against the ice mm-hmm. 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 all right all right temperature of the ice okay you have more questions of course, we have a very curious audience, Neil. All right, Dylan, or D. Leon, if Chuck prefers me to pronounce it like that. Hello, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Lou, and our great comedic co-host. Yes, of course. I love to ski and have always wondered something. This is from Dylan, of course. Snow and ice aren't exactly the same things, and we know ice has a thin layer of water, less than the width of a bacteria, he believes. 
which makes ice sports possible, such as skating. Does skiing also have to do with pressure melting, or is there something else going on with snow? Wow. The answer is both are true. The snow is an even... Wait, wait. First explain pressure melting. Yeah. Explain that. Well, there is a, a relationship where if you have more pressure on water or ice, it is more likely to melt. This is untrue for most substances. But the more you push on something, the uh, more, more you push on ice, the more likely it is to, to be able to liquefy. Uh, this is a particular property of ice, which is rare amongst substances here on Earth. And that allows us to be able to do these things like skate across ice with that tiny film of water, uh, that bacteria with filled water that we talk about. Uh, but it's a very complicated system. It's not wait, just... Wait, wait, what's the... What is the molecular transaction that's happening, happening where pushing pressure causes melting? Because that's how they make the big ice balls for my scotch. Which <laughs> that I is ne- how they never, do it. Right. Yeah, I you never make a snowball. It. You take the snow, you smush it. Whoa, there's your ice ball right there. That's <laughs> right. right. I never, I never question <laughs> mm-hmm. it because I'm about to drink some scotch, so I don't <laughs> care. Well, but what is what is the molecular transaction that the pushing makes the melting? Well. Uh, we should we shouldn't get too deeply into the specific chemistry right now because it takes a long time to sort of make the descriptions. But basically, uh, a water molecule is a V shape, right? It's it's got the oxygen in the middle and it's got two hydrogens off to the side, making kind of a V. It's a polar molecule like this. And when ice freezes, it has a tendency just to touch on the hydrogen bonds. It doesn't want to just squish in, but it wants to form a hydrogen bond lattice or a crystal. And as a result, it winds up with extra space between the molecules, space that would not have existed in its ordinary liquid form. Okay, And so that basically allows all kinds of strange things to happen. And so snow is ice water, right? It's solid water, but it's in small crystals as opposed to one big slab of solid material. So when you pack a whole lot of little things together and you create a surface, it's a different surface altogether from if you have a single slab of the same object, everything stuck together. The difference between, say, uh, a sandstone walkway and a sandy beach. So snow gives you even more variation on, say, going across its surface than the sliding across a slab of ice. So uh, the answer to the question here is indeed that snow variations, changes, temperature, pressure, weather, wind will make all the difference in the world when it comes to a snow sport. But in fact, if you if you ski a lot on a fluffy snow slope, it eventually becomes sort of you've melted many of the surface layers of crystals right. of, of snowflakes and eventually it just becomes icy and it's no longer yeah. fun to ski on. You will right? start packing it That's down right. more and more. Start packing right. it too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you're in competition, Neil, you want to go faster. So icy, quicker, fluffy, powdery yeah, snow, slower. But, but there's a, a very delicate uh, equilibrium that you have to find because if it's mm, too yeah. icy, you can't turn. So in the giant slalom, 
you want a kind of nice balance between that powdery and that icy so you can grip with the edges yeah. of your ski, but yet at the same time you can achieve uh, the, the, the turning. So you have the fast and the yes. turning at the yeah. same time. But but Chuck, you know the deal. If it's too icy, you find the nearest. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Chuck, we established in a previous episode that we're not taking skiing advice from you. <laughs> we are. We are. Yes, we're we not, are. We're not taking, oh, we're taking no skiing, skiing advice, from, advice from the dude uh, who's <laughs> sitting by the fire in the lodge. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm sitting by right. the fire with some brandy just like, you do realize the reason you weren't able to turn it was because. <laughs> <laughs> Before we take a break, I want to add something to what Charles said. So um, because water expands when it freezes, it can only exist in that expanded state as ice. If you successfully squeeze it, it cannot be squozen as ice. The only way you can squeeze it is for it to change state and then become smaller in its volume. And so, so, so that's why. So you're skating on the ice. The pressure forces it to turn back into water, even at the lower temperature. And wow. it's exactly right. And and then the, if you're doing going down a ski slope or a toboggan slope, you know, like a bobsled or something. Remember, a lot of that stuff is outdoors. So what if it starts to snow? Then you have even more stuff Yay. on there. It gets even more complicated. The weather makes all the difference in the world. I remember uh, 1984. I think it was the uh, Sarajevo Winter Olympics. Billy Johnson, the American, was the first person down the mountain. And then the weather got worse and worse and worse. And all the rest of the competitors could not keep up with that first time because that first time was the ideal condition, regardless of what anything else happened with the surface, because the atmospheric conditions had changed. Cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more Cosmic Queries grab bag on the Winter Olympics with our geek in chief, Charles Liu. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. 
Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. We're back. Star Talk. Sports edition. Cosmic Queries grab bag got Charles Liu, who's our, who's our go-to person. Anytime we're all just confused about everything. It's always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> always fun to chat yeah. with everybody. So so uh, we're just pulling questions out of this grab bag. And uh, uh, Chuck or, or Gary, who's got the next one? Okay, I'll jump in. Um, right, Eric Varga says, hello, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Lou, but he's downgraded you, Chuck. You're now oh. Sir Chuck. Oh. You've lost your look. Oh, dare. Oh, 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 no. Eric, oh, he doesn't know that Sir is all right. more. He doesn't know that. Oh, God, or, yes. Or yeah, he does now. very okay. well aware. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Can you explain how Newton's three laws apply to the sport of curling? Are there any other laws of physics involved that play a vital role in advance? Wait, wait, did, did the word sport and the word curling show up in the same phrase? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Don't be such a snob. <laughs> curling is I a am, distinguished sport. I have to say that. I'm, it had I'm to come go, 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 go. Oh, that's the best. Neil, curling, curling is one of the oldest team sports so? in existence. It first... <laughs> <laughs> Look, this show's going to come with a history lesson okay. whether you like Fine. it or not, right? So, okay, first first invented in Scotland and the first documented documented match was between a monk and an abbot in Paisley Abbey in Scotland in 1541. So the moral the moral of this history is when you lock people up in a oh, monastery for a long time <laughs> during winter, they come up with curling. <laughs> Just saying Curling, the sport me. of sexual frustration. Curling. <laughs> <laughs> so about Newton's three laws of physics and anything yes. else you can throw at well, curling. Well, uh, Newton's three laws, as most of us know, uh, is that first law, right, an object in motion tends to stay in motion in a straight line unless acted upon by an outside force. So the guy pushing the stone forward it's just going to keep going and going and going. And that's why you notice that it keeps going and going and going unless acted upon by an outside force. Okay. Now, the second law of motion, uh, forces mass Wait, wait, just to be clear, it keeps going because the friction is very low. Otherwise, the friction would stop it. Right? Well, so you are front running me on that point, Neil. You're absolutely oh, right. No, 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 it's good. It's good. Okay. Go See, because you're doing exactly what scientists should be doing, right? Which is jumping in and saying, ah, but, right? And the but is Newton's second law, which, as you know, is forces mass times acceleration. What it's is also, it's also Sir, it's also Sir Mixelot's first law. <laughs> I like pink. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the, All right, go the, ahead. What creates what is creating the mass times acceleration? Right. That's the, the second thing. That's what Neil is bringing up. And friction, as it turns right. out will cause mass times acceleration to be exerted on the stone that's moving forward. And so the second law requires that you wind up making sure that the friction is just right. So the amount of force and acceleration that you get, the change in direction and then the change in speed is what you want. So those guys in the broom up front, they are quickly changing the coefficient of friction of the ice on the whole time. The, the brushing, uh, I, I, I've never known if exactly before every run, uh, the curling people uh, put like a whole bunch of snow or shaved ice 
on the track ahead of time. Yeah, what are they? What are they no, brushing? Charles, what are yeah, they that's, that's my question. What Charles, are they okay, do you know? So curling, curling, curling ice, right? Back in the 16th century, when curling was invented, it was taken place on lock, frozen locks, and frozen ponds. So what you have have now with indoor curling ice is ah. pebbly. It's not a smooth silk finish. It's pebbly. So what the guys with the brooms are doing, they are taking away okay. those pebbles as much as they can in a certain way. And the big clue about what this sport's all about is in the title, right. curling. Because a, a stone will curl maybe three times on its way to the target, or it might curl and there 10. It, but it, the deviation and is there. lies the third law, Newton's third law of motion. When it reaches its destination in the curled direction it wants, it hits other stones. And for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's Newton's third law. So the stone hits the other stones that are in the scoring area, either knocks them out or pushes them a little bit. So Newton's laws of motion are involved in all stages of this exciting, thrilling, super fast, <laughs> high energy sport, sport called curling. <laughs> hey! Yeah, man. Let wait, me wait, just wait. Say, let me just say this. As a former janitor, curling is the best sport ever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so Charles, something I never thought about. Yeah. So as they're brooming material into the path of the of the, I keep thinking curling iron, curling stone. <laughs> um, they they mm -hmm. they can they can slow it down, but they can't speed it up because it only has the speed it has at that moment. But they can also change its direction. Yeah, absolutely. They, they By putting more friction on one side of it than the other. Right. Man. Right. So, so the the physics of the brooming people is extremely significant. The the push once the the pusher pushes the stone off, his work is done, and all the rest of the team has to figure out where to push it forward based on the pebbliness or the shaviness of the ice. So here's here's something to add to this conversation. As uh, I think you'll understand, I don't get a chance to do this very often, <laughs> okay. but the curling stone is not flat on the base. It's actually concave, so it has a rim around it. So when it's traveling forward, the likelihood, and please disprove me, is that there's a little tilt on the front edge, which causes a little bit more friction, and then you've got an added rotation to yeah. the stone. So is that making well, sense to you, Well, it does in an important generalized way. We talk very glibly about ice melting and pushing and things like that, but actually mm. the surface physics, the connections between surfaces of ice and curling or skis or anything like that is still rather poorly understood. A lot of it is still under experimentation today at the highest levels. What happens when one surface touches another? And that physics right at the edge there remains mysterious in a lot of different ways. So many hypotheses mm. have to be put forward and then they're either confirmed or debunked depending on the circumstances of the time. But it's a very complex question. So what you bring up is definitely an area for future study and research. Uh, I would add that if, you, if you've ever gotten your brakes changed on your car, ah, generally yes. the front brakes wear out sooner than the rear brakes because when you stop the car, the momentum of the car is carried more in the front wheels than in the back wheels. So, the, so Gary, I, that, that's my that's my conduit to what okay. you said. Where if it's going forward and there's any friction slowing it down at all, that front edge is going to respond to it more significantly than the rear edge. Uh, then again, you'll have to go from front-engined vehicles to mid-engined vehicles, mm. where there's 
weight distribution. But that's another conversation for another time. But wait, I think wait, Charles, Charles you, what, what do you, you know about us that? An idea. A rear wheel car. Uh-huh. Isn't it still the front brakes that get most of the wear? It varies a lot. Again, um, if you're driving well, it flat, might change if you move the engine to the back. Right. Well, it depends okay. on if you're moving uh, on a flat surface or whether you're climbing hills. Are you mm-hmm. stopping a lot while you're going upward or downward? You are pushing yeah, yeah, more okay. of your mm-hmm. your mass and force forward to the front because a, a car, even though it feels like a rigid body, actually has a great deal of give to it, right? A lot of springs, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of flexible parts to it. So uh, it's not a dead set thing. With, with our typical driving mm. in suburbia, for example, I think, Neil, you're right on. But uh, the complexity of driving gives us mm-hmm. all plenty of... Uh, fodder or area to be right or wrong on these what, kinds of what, what about the Flintstone cars? <laughs> well, you should check out Fred's heels. Now, those brake pads yeah. are some serious calluses, got to tell you. <laughs> all right, let's, let's jump to another question. Um, on all these questions from our, from our Patreon listeners, so we're grateful for that. Artist formerly known as James Smith, hallows doctors and lords. Chuck, congrats on your land mm-hmm. in Scotland. So there you go. Quick question. Bobsledding is an awesome sport to watch. How many Gs are the bobsledders experiencing at top speed? And also, are there Zambonis for their eyes like in skating? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> cool. Um, yes. Good question. The answer is, let's see. The Zamboni question first. There actually is a lot of grooming of bobsled runs. I do not know exactly whether they drive a vehicle down, you know, like a little crawler. I do not know if that's the answer. But they pour water down them. They sculpt them. There are things that are made and changed. The channels are changed. The temperature is controlled. Mm. So there is a lot going on that's Zamboni-like on a bobsled run. That's 100% true. And during the competition, there are like track grooves that are created by the former runs. Right. And you have to actually compensate for the track grooves that are already there. The person who is actually pulling the... The two cords, the driver, to steer, of the, the driver, yeah. mm-hmm. the leaders, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So Chuck right at the Chuck. fireplace sipping scotch. What's once again? I'm I'm down in the lines. I'm just like you. Do realize that you didn't account for the track grooves? This is your problem, sir. <laughs> also, I want to add one thing before we take a quick break. The G forces you feel have nothing to do with how fast you're moving. They have to do with how fast your velocity is changing. So um, the, their biggest G-forces, Charles, are going to be like on the, when they bank the turn. Right. Right? A G, going- right? A G is the acceleration rate of 9.8 meters per second squared, the amount of acceleration you feel when you're in free Falling. fall near the surface of the right. earth. I did a quick calculation just now in the past 30 seconds in my head. So I'm not sure if it's exactly right. You can't quote me on this. But based on what I think, how fast they're going down the hill, the angles of the turns and the velocities and, and, and the banks and so forth, you're probably hitting at least three and sometimes four times of gravity. So 30 to 40 meters per second squared of acceleration. So three or four Gs is my top of the head answer. Uh, I'd have to go okay. back and do more calculation to make sure. Cool, that's a cool. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more with Charles Liu, our geek in chief. Let's start talking to Charles. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries Sports Edition. The Winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. All kinds of questions. We're good here. So, who's got the latest one? All right, here we go. Next up, Kevin the Sommelier. Hello, Chuck, Cubed, and Gary. This is... Oh, you're going to love the ending on this one, Neil. This is not so much a science question, but a Seinfeldian Seinfeldian observation. Does the luge and the skeleton... Well, we'll see. Does the luge and the skeleton events just seem like a drunk friend's dare keep drinking up? (laughs) There, yeah, I told you you'd like that. Yes, I'm certain the luge is for crazy people. (laughs) Oh, you can imagine someone up, up the top of a mountain... Sat next to Chuck with an empty <laughs> bottle of scotch. Says, oh, "Says that, that tray over there, I can teach you to the <laughs> yeah, bottom yeah, of the mountain." Oh, how many? Is, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Have you now, also? Which, wait a minute. Which one is head first? Skeleton is head first. Skeleton. Skeleton. Okay. Okay. Skeleton's head first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like luge yeah. is like safer, right? But how many of you have you all gone down a hill in, in <laughs> really in a, uh, sledding? How, how many of you have you? Uh, three of you gone sledding before? I mean, we have all been mm-hmm. children, Charles. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but we've, ne- we've right. not done it on, on an ice, ice track. track. As an adult, you know? Oh, or no, the no, closest no, I came to that no once was on an icy hill. Or it was maybe 40 <laughs> feet tall. Wait, wait, Charles, it was Charles, fantastic. Wait, Charles, Do you know how awesome it feels to go down Charles, a I learned from Chuck. I learned from Chuck yesterday Okay. that <laughs> there's common sense and there's black people sense. Black sense. Okay. That's right. <laughs> there's common sense another and there's black bla- sense. <laughs> black sense. And so as an adult, if you're going to say sit on this train and go down this icy tube at 199 miles an hour, we're going to just say no. Okay? <laughs> well, yeah, my answer so, is, well, if you tell me to go down a, a tube head first at 100 plus miles an hour, my answer is, why don't you just shoot me? I'm here. <laughs> I'm so, Why am I, I going to do the work for you? I'm, Why am I doing the work for you? I, you want to kill me? Kill me. Ahead, kill me. I'm right here. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. I'm right here. I'm right here. I've only Go got ahead, one good arm. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't have the sense. I'm sorry, but I'm really glad in that instance I didn't because going down that hill, basically ice mm-hmm. on basically a sheet of plastic at a gazillion miles an hour was one of the most fun and exhilarating and awesome things going on. 
And there are other people, many of them kids, but also some adults mm -hmm. going by me, some of them faster, some of them slower. We're kind of, some of them piled up at the end of the hill. It was so much fun. Charles, you know who gets to say that? The people who, who didn't die. <laughs> there is a survivor bias, uh, I admit. Just, I admit. I survivor survive. okay, bias. Charles, just, just, just to tap the brakes, okay. just to tap okay. the brakes, pun intended on this, uh, for Luge and the skeleton, they don't yeah. have any. So they... There's no breaks on the luge right. or the skeleton, so there's there's the chance well, of man, an impact, that's right. which is well, not you know, my best we, we thought. We shouldn't understate the danger. Every right. year, professional mm -hmm. lugers are killed. Professional skeletoners yep. and bobsledders are you know they die from the sport. And you know what's funny? Yeah, Wait, I'm so glad this. you said no, that, Charles, true. because it's the only sport where they don't show you when it goes wrong. NASCAR, Formula One. Things go wrong, you see the car disintegrate, break apart, and then you see the guy crawl out of the cage. Even for years, ABC Wide World of Sports had a guy coming off a The agony of defeat. And they called him the agony of defeat. You will never see anybody like promote <laughs> what happens when the lose goes wrong. Yeah, because it would be ugly. Yep. Yeah, because the guy shoots out very, of the tube. Very ugly. Yeah. yeah. They don't even cam they don't even follow it with the camera. No. The guy shoots out of the yeah. tube and then the cameraman no. goes, Oh well. Yeah. There are some things. There are yeah. some things. All right, let's move on. And, uh, it wouldn't be the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This wouldn't be the same with a sports edition grab bag if we didn't have Violetta and Mum Izzy asking. Violetta! The Hi, Violetta and Mum Izzy. Yay. Great to see you. Okay. Hello, hello. She she has now dubbed herself as Astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. Wow. Good choice. Nice. Okay. Good nice. choice. Isn't she like yeah, 18 okay. by now? Yeah. And she's been asking questions for like 20 years. Th 13 and one half. 13 and a half. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I, I hope we're All not right, being catfished this. and one day we find out that Violetta is like a 43-year-old dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Neil. Hello, Charles, Gary. My name is Violetta and All I right. have a question. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What are some of the craziest sports, past or present, ever to be included in the Winter Olympics? Um, I can't imagine there was throwing the axe while skating on ice, but that sounds like it should have been back in the day. I, I will enter one in, one, one, one sport in here, the 90-metre ski jump. I am going up a really, really high tower. I am icing down a ski slope and jumping and trying to fly. Now, if that isn't crazy, then... No, isn't she talking about events that are no longer there or just... Are we picking crazy events that they've got now? Past or present. Right. Past right. So, or so, present. So, Charles, are there the, uh, defunct sports in the Winter Olympics as there are in the Summer Olympics? I, I like, they don't have the tug yes. of war anymore or, or, the, <laughs> right. or, or, mm. or the rope climb. Right. You know? I, after, you know, we did this kind of question for the Summer Olympics in a previous episode. Yeah. After that, I went and took a look at the previous sports because mm. I just found it so fascinating. And here is the one that I found for Winter Olympics, which I think is the wildest and most interesting one. It's called Ooh. Mountain Military Patrol. In the 1924 okay. really? Winter All Olympic right. Games, there was a sport called Military Patrol where four military officers, one officer, one non-commissioned, and two privates, carrying backpacks totaling at least 50 pounds and carrying rifles, except for the officer who carried a pistol. Uh, the of officer course. carries a pistol. They, yeah, no they backpack. had to... And no backpack. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And he's got a snowmobile. (laughs) But other than that... The four of them together had to climb at least 3,000 feet in elevation on cross-country skis going at least 15 miles. And then once they got there, shoot and do target practice. Okay, that sounds to me just like a way that America found to invade another country. <laughs> but this is French. This is Swiss. This, oh, was, this Swiss. is European. Uh, yeah, this is the Winter uh, Olympics. Oh, so this this would have involved so this would have involved the officers sitting at a table while the privates practiced their shooting and he drank cognac <laughs> and while eating brew. I brewed. couldn't tell you, but apparently this was a sport. And these was that teams, a one, was that a was that a one-time appearance or did they uh, It showed up again as a demonstration sport several times later, but it has been discontinued since about 19, if I remember, 48 was the last time it was a demonstration. But imagine Mm -hmm. that, a sport where you have a team of military officers skiing and then climbing and then shooting at various times while all carrying heavy backpacks. That is a okay. sport. So that became the 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 cross country pentathlon, I guess. What's the one where they they or biathlon today? Right. Yeah, biathlon. Evolved to a biathlon where you ski, shoot, ski, shoot, ski, shoot. But nowadays, those those rifles are very light caliber. They're 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 heavy, yes, but much less heavy than a true machine gun or or a weapon that that actually a military person used to use. And now that it's really a streamlined sport that combines the uh, skill of shooting, target shooting, not actually military shooting. You know, Charles, you sound like you know the grandpa uh, on the the on the porch. Back in my day, the rifles were heavier, and we had to climb uphill both ways and then shoot. No. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, well, I'll say this. And we shot at each other. <laughs> I have been. You should see how many bullet holes I have right now from the Olympics. I have, I have been very fortunate in my life, never have to fire any kind of weapon uh, in anger. And so I cannot speak for what is easier or more difficult. But I can't right, give you the numbers. What a qualifier, Charles. What a qualifier. I know, right? In right? anger. I shot the guy after I calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't, don't dredge yeah, up yeah, that memory. That was a, I don't even want to probe that qualifier, Chuck. Let, let, let that one go. All right, do we have time yeah, for yeah, another Stuart. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles Macko. Hello's Dr. Tyson and Lou. Um, what impact, Chuck, Chuck and I, we're not here. Uh, what impacts will climate change have on Winter Olympics throughout the rest of the century? Oh. Of course, some sports are already played indoors, like skating and curling, but might we see an end to sports that require outdoor cold temperatures? You'll see an end to, to them in different parts of the world where they traditionally existed. Uh, remember with global warming, you know, like 100 million atomic bombs worth of extra energy floating around in the atmosphere at any given time, right, for every degree change in Celsius. There's going to be a lot of motion. So some parts that were traditionally cold will get warm. And some parts that are traditionally warm will get colder, right? So in Switzerland, for example, or in parts of France, the famous uh, ski areas, Chamonix, you know, places like that, Mm -hmm. they're already having real trouble getting enough snow to have a decent recreational ski season. So their sports seasons have been severely curtailed already. And that's true. Other places where currently nobody goes to, though, maybe certain areas of mountaintops, certain places where polar vortices coming out from different parts of the Arctic will create new flows of cold. Those areas might get much more snow and much more ice than they do today. 
And yeah, then but, that, those but no areas, one has put a ski slope there yet. So right. that this would cha- so change, change the business landscape. The entire landscape will change. A decade from now, two decades from now, people will be skiing in parts of the world where there never were any slopes. And places where there used to be skiing all the time are going to be struggling, making snow all the time, hoping mm-hmm. for a good season, uh, and maybe even changing their economic systems completely. So, so the idea is that you're going to have a world where the sports will still continue, but they'll be in completely different places. Places where there are no ski slopes or uh, winter resorts today, there will be there. And in other places where there were for decades, maybe even centuries, those places will struggle. That's what's going to happen. Welcome to mm. the 2050 Olympics of winter here in Fiji. <laughs> uh, it's going to be weird. It's going to be strange. We all have to adapt. All right, Gary, give me another one. I mean, we got- by the time, by the time, by this time the show goes out, we'll have done our ice and snow show, and we have a, uh, a great guest, Dr. Peter Veals, who makes artificial snow. So maybe he is on the. He is the vanguard of a boom industry. Yes, yes making is. powder snow. We mm-hmm. shall see. Uh, right, one Slip more. Slip in question. one more, Gary. See if we uh, can get it. All right, Anna C. Hickman. Hello, all. I have a question about Paralympic athletes and a future time somewhere when I am probably already dead. As a wheelchair user, I am an avid follower and participant in participant in adaptive sports. And I know sometimes there is chatter about how an adaptive athlete has some advantage because they use specialized equipment when compared to regular athletes. If we as a human race got to the point where we had outposts in space and there was interplanetary Olympics, would an athlete who already knows how to navigate in a compromised body when compared to able-bodied athletes have an advantage in competition? Would the roles potentially be reversed and the power athlete be the one with the perceived advantage? I would totally Mm. see that as a real possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. As would I. Without question. I think what what we declare to be an advantage or not. Um, it, it's according to some norm that someone establishes, but uh, you can imagine constructing sports where whoever was previously advantaged now becomes disadvantaged. I mean, you, you could you can come mm-hmm. up, I mean, look at how random sports are anyway. Take this ball and put it in a in a in a hole or in a hoop or jump or or crawl or th- this curly curly. <laughs> <laughs> so my so I I welcome your 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 follow up on this, Charles. But it yeah. seems to me that we've created a world where para um, para athletes are trying to do what non-para-athletes, what, what, what has been invented and styled for para-athletes. Imagine a whole set of competitions designed specifically for para-athletes. And then, then they have the advantage, right? So, so, mm-hmm. so a new world, like you say, if you go into space, you go into zero G or low G, <clears throat> all, all the dynamics changes about who's good and who's not good at some sport. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's a fascinating new world. I think it's underexplored in I, people's creative uh, yeah. ways. I have very little to add to that, Neil. I think you're 100 mm-hmm. percent right, and uh, just our understanding of what is able-bodied and what is a compromised body varies with every environment that we go into. New sports are invented all the time. A lot of times we forget. Right, we were just talking about military patrol, which is no longer being done anymore. But that was a real sport in the 1920s, right? Uh, so or, the, or an advertisement for officers' training school. <laughs> you don't have to carry the rifle, right? Right. Um, 
the, the, we should always be adapting to new places and always looking at human beings as whole individuals. And when we see what an environment provides for sport and recreation, we should leap on it and find it and use it and make it our own, regardless of who's out there, and turn it into fun. That's what the Olympics should be in the mm -hmm, end, right? Mm -hmm. Fun. And the only right, difference right. is, going back to what Neil said about the fact that Paralympics, I mean, para-athletes have to do what, uh, you know, able-bodied athletes do. If it were the other way around, take the able-bodied athlete and make them compete in the same Paralympics, they lose every event. Mm -hmm. Like the gentleman that we had on that shoots uh, 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 who is the archer, yeah. mm -hmm. who does it with his the feet. Yeah. Let any archer <laughs> try to do that. And they lose. Right. right. Oh, yeah, Matt yeah. Stutzman was the guy. Right. That's right. it, Matt Stutzman. One, one of my favorite episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Charles Liu, fellow astrophysicist, geek in chief. And where, wherever I am on the geek spectrum, he is beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> you are too kind, sir. All right. Only, uh, only on this show is that a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Not all only. right, Chuck. All Not right, Gary. Uh, this has been Star Talk Sports Edition, Cosmic Queries Grab Bag, all about winter sports. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. Keep looking up. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.